Today, we're going to just jump straight into this new series. Uh, we have a few weeks before school starts back, you know, we get into our rhythm of the fall. And, uh, and so I want to take three weeks and I want to talk about worry. Just, just, I want to talk about worry. Now, what does it mean if you worry a lot? Does it mean if you worry a lot, you're wrong? It just means you're human, right? Everybody worries. I think everybody in here at some point in your life, this is going to affect you. You're going to be worried about something. There's going to be something that happens in your life, or it could just be about the future. What am I going to do with my life? Where am I going to go? What's God called me to do? There's, there's a lot of things right now circulating around that, that uh, we could be worried about. And, and really, the, the, the most that the Bible covers this topic, and specifically where it was really Jesus and where he zones in on the word worry, is in Matthew 6. And, and we're going we're gonna to start there. We're going to spend two weeks in Matthew 6. And then the third week, we're going to talk about a guy named Elijah. But this week, I want to start right off. And, and Jesus, again, is addressing a crowd. And he's addressing a crowd that looks a little different than it would look today. It just in, in context, this was a few thousand years ago. And so the crowd that Jesus was speaking to, they were worried about really simple things like their next meal and their shoes wearing out. That, 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 was like the, that was the top of the chart for them. It was, are we going to have enough food tomorrow? Are, are my sandals going to make it to Galilee or wherever it is that this, where Jesus is, is leading me to? And very simple worries, but, but they, were, you know, they were real worries. And so in this one, you know, 10 verses is all we're going to look at over the next two weeks, 10 verses. The word worry is used six times. Now, I want to show you what the word means. Like in, in the Greek, it's a little bit different. And so the, the word in the Greek, if we could throw it up on the screen, it's, it's merimneo. And if you type it out on your computer, it'll, it'll like autocorrect to marinate. So that's how I remember it. But it means to be, there's a few levels of it. What does it mean? When Jesus says, okay, you know, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. He says it multiple times when in, our, in our theme verses that we're going to talk about. What he means by that is, is anxiety. Don't be anxious. Don't have a distracting care, right? Because there's good worries and there's bad worries. There's some worries that are distracting off of the things that I should be worried about. So it's like, don't have a distracting care. That, that word worry, when Jesus says don't worry, another, another way to, to define it is it's being pulled in multiple directions. You ever felt like that? Like you're just being pulled in a million different ways by a million different people? It's worry. That, that's what he really, and then, I mean, at the heart of it, it's having a selfish, a selfish motive or a selfish ambition, and so the word worry, it's, 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 not a, it's not a simple word. There's multiple layers to it. But I think what, what Jesus is showing us, and I'm going to give you the main point right out of the gate right here, is when he tells his disciples and he's, and he's telling the people that have gathered around to talk about worry, he helps them see where it comes from. And I think it's simple, and I, but he, he's showing them that what we devote our lives to the most is what we're going to worry about. And in 2,000 years ago, if we could roll the clock back and be in the crowd and Jesus is sharing, the top of their list was food, shelter, their body, health, their clothes. And so I would think if Jesus was talking to us today, 
He wouldn't say, you know, why are you worried about food? And why are you worried about clothes? And why are you, why are you worried about, you know, what are you going to wear? I think he would say something like, you know, why are you, you, know, why are you worried about you got, more, you got more month than you have money? <laughs> why are you worried about, uh, you know, if, 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 if you can get into that Ivy League school if you're a student? Why are you worried about your, your 401k? These are all normal things. We worry about them. Because we're, we're afraid that we're going to run out of life or money before we run out of life. And that's what Jesus uses to cue up this entire talk on worry. And I don't want to read it to you. It's amazing. Verse 24. He doesn't talk about... He could have, talked, he could have, he could have used a million different things. But this is, this is all in the same conversation. Before he gets into worry, he says this. Nobody can serve two masters. Either he's going to hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And he says this statement right here. You cannot serve both God and money. And then it therefore, he connects it. And so that word money is, is, is actually mammon. If we can look it up in the Greek. And, and so it doesn't just mean cash, right? It doesn't just mean dollars and cents it actually it, it, it it's stuff it's it it's the real the real meaning of the word is whatever that you have trusted in and so he's addressing it's more than just the money piece he's addressing kind of what they're putting their hope and their trust in and he's saying he he's makes it really clear he's like you can't serve them both and if you look up what most people are worried about in the 21st century it's probably connected to that. You know, mammon was actually, it was, it was a god in that day that they would serve. And it would control people through power and through money. And so he's, he's using that name because it was a familiar name that they would know, the god of mammon. And this god was, was promised you riches and wealth. And through that, you served it. And so Jesus is drawing a real clear line here in the sand. And I love how he, he talks about it and tees it up with money. Because he says there's a tendency in our life, I think, that the more that we get of money, you know, the more money we get, the more we, we want to trust in it. Right? Or we can get, you know, in a society that trusts in wealth, and it's really easy to, to, to buy into that. Well, if I save enough, or if I earn enough, then these simple things that I'm worried about now will go away. But Jesus is he's shifting it a little bit. He's saying it has nothing to do with how much money you have. He says it has nothing to do with how much 401k you have. It has nothing to do with how many barns you can build to save enough food for what may happen. It's all about what you're devoted to. And he says if your life is devoted to that, you're never going to have enough of it. And so he makes it clear. Let's, let's read our verses. It's getting real quiet here right now. This is not a series on money, I promise. And, and, but let me just tell, like, what, what you're devoted to is what you'll worry the most about. Let me try to make it plain. Like, I, I don't go home, I don't go home and, and worry about your job. I don't. I'm sorry. Now, if, if I know you or you told me, hey, my boss is, is really turning up the heat on me at, at, on the job and I don't think I can keep doing this anymore and you let me, hey, can you pray for my job situation because I'm about to lose my mind and I need something new, right? If you did, then I would, I would pray about your job, but, but I, I don't, I'm not at home worried about your, your job performance. I don't worry about your kids' grades. 
I know I may let some of you down. <laughs> I mean, I want them to do good, you know, and I want them to be A students. And, but but and, and now if I know you, you call me and say, hey, little Johnny's kind of struggling. And, and he's, having, you know, can you pray for him? He needs help in this area or that area. Absolutely. I would pray. I would believe. But I'm not at home worried about that. I'm not worried about your, your 401k. I want you to retire on the seacoast, you know what I mean? That'd be awesome. I hope you have, I hope you hit your financial goals. But, but again, it's because my, I'm not devoted to that. I don't know about it, so I'm not, I'm not worried about it. And I think Jesus is, is, is shifting priorities here. He's showing the disciples that maybe you're putting your devotion in the wrong places. He says this, therefore I tell you, verse 25, don't worry about your life. Okay, now again, I didn't write this, y'all, so I know it's super quiet. <laughs> Thanks, okay, that's real kind, Jesus. Don't worry about my life. Don't worry about what I'm going to eat or drink. Don't worry about your body, what you're going to wear. He asked three questions that I want to look at this morning. Is life not more important than food? And the body more important than clothes? And so he says, all right, let's break it down. This is what you're worried about the most. Is life not more than blank? You just fill it in. For them, it was three square meals in a, good, in a, in a nice coat. For us, it's different. It's that promotion, right? It's, 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 it's trying to find a house in the craziest housing market we've ever seen, right? It's, it's, it's real practical things. These are practical things that we all live with every day. But Jesus asked the question, I didn't, is life not more important than blank? What's, that, what's got you up at night? What's got you worried? What's got you running around in your mind? The anxiety, what turns that up? He, he's kind of trying to get them to take a step back and say, okay. Has, you know, if we could read between the lines. <laughs> I think maybe Jesus is asking, how many days have you gone without food up to this point? And they're worried about food. How many days have you walked around naked, Peter, right? James and John and the disciples. How many days? And, and, and when I look at my life and I think about what worries me the most, nine times out of ten, none of it ever happens. That's just me, y'all. Y'all pray for me. But it never happens. Normally the things that, that I'm worried about or stressed over the most oftentimes don't happen. But even if they do, Jesus is saying, even if they do, is life not more than, it's a good question, is life not more than, I heard a, a quote that worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it gets you nowhere. And so I think Jesus is, is trying to put things in perspective. Is life not more than blank? Is life not more than getting into the best school, or getting the best job, driving the nice car, whatever it may be that's up there on that list? But then he says something really, I mean, he says, go outside and look at the birds. <laughs> that, okay, that's funny to me. I thought, okay, I'm worried about where I'm going to get my next meal. My sandals are wearing out here, Jesus. Um, and you tell me to look at the birds. What does this have anything to do with birds? But let's think about that for a moment. And he gives an explanation. He says, think about the birds. He says, I want you to look at the birds. He's using nature. 
He's saying, do, do they have 401ks? Do they have strategic planners and financial advisors? They just fly around and they're like, oh, look, there's a fish. I think I'm going to eat it. You know what I mean? It starts to get cold. Hey, I think we should fly south for the winter. I don't know. What do y'all think? Sounds like a good idea. Right? right? There, there's not a lot of forethought in their life. I'll never forget 16, 17 years ago, Hurricane Ivan was on the heels, on the way. It was a huge storm, biggest storm we've ever seen in this area. We get hurricanes in Florida. For some reason, it loves the panhandle. It's like a magnetic pull. Um, and so 17 years ago, 16 years ago, Hurricane Ivan, really big storm. It's on the way here. And, and, and I thought, you know, I'm going to try to get one more surf in before it hits. And uh, so I had my plywood up. I was living in Pace at the time. Plywood was up. And then uh, Pensacola Beach Bridge was closed, but Navarre, they would still let people on. And so I, I got out here, and, and it was a bad idea. But, I, I, but I, I remember walking around out here. I didn't live out here, but I've talked to other people that did live on the beach right before that storm hit. There wasn't a bird in sight. Seriously, I know it sounds crazy, I promise you. You couldn't find a bird. You walk outside right now, any time of the year. I mean, this island is native to so many birds that travel from all over the world. It's pretty amazing. You know, I was coming back on a plane one time from Miami, and there was like a whole pack of bird watchers heading here. And, uh, and, and I mean, there's, so I didn't know that there, there's a, you know, there's a lot of different types of awesome birds on the island. But anyways, before Ivan hit, they were gone. They don't have lane, you know, long-range forecasting. They don't have, you know, the models. They don't have, um, you know, our boy Jim Cantori. You know what I'm saying? They don't know who he is. They just knew his instinct. And this is what Jesus says. He says, look at the birds. And then he asks this next question. Does God not care about you more than a bird? Next time you start worrying about how, you know, the storm that's knocking at your door or whatever it is that's got you up in the middle of the night, I want you to remember this message. If you don't remember anything else, ask yourself this question. Does God love more me more than a bird? Look in the mirror. I just said it like all jumbled up. Does God love me more than a bird? Does God love you more than a bird? I think he does. I think that we can beat ourselves up a lot. I was just talking to somebody about that this morning, that this, this, we, you know, we carry around shame and we carry around guilt. And, and Jesus is trying to show them, again, he's, he's showing us the heart of the Father, that if God is taking care of every single bird and he knows when a sparrow falls on the ground, how much more does he care about you? I know this is simple. I know this is super practical. But it, it, it really kind of, it's, it's good to hit the pause button there sometimes. It's good to stop and remind ourselves that every single day up until this point, God has been faithful. And, and, and sometimes it's a bird flying by that we need the reminder. But that if God is taking care of them, how much more is he taking care of you? And how much more does he know the needs that you're facing and the hurt that you may have and the, and, and the pain that you're facing or the uncertainty about tomorrow that everybody in here has? And so what he's not saying is the stuff that you're worried about is not important. That's not what he's saying because food's important, right? Clothes is important. Like, I mean, you got to kind of have that stuff. 
But he's saying that there's a way to face uncertainty about those things tomorrow and not worry about it today. And it starts with looking at the birds. It starts with reminding ourselves that we have a faithful God. That, that he's going to be there, that he's going to step in, that he may not, you know, deliver us from the storm, but he'll deliver us in the storm, that God is always going to protect us, that, that I, you know, even with the birds, they don't even know what they're doing, but there's something steering them and keeping them, you know, out of danger and providing for them. And I think life is the same way for us. There's this unseen hand in the universe that guides us and leads us. It's, it's God the Father that, that keeps us on the straight and narrow that every single one of us has deep down in our soul. Jesus says, look at the birds. They don't do much planning. They don't do much forecasting. But God takes care of them. And then the, the, the next thing he, he asks him, third question he starts talking to him. He says, is, is, is there a way that by, by worrying that you can add $1 to your 401k tomorrow? Is there a way by worrying that you can, you can add one more breath to your life next week? Is there a way by worrying today that you can really cause any kind of certainty in tomorrow? He's saying there's not. And I think where he's bringing, it to, to, he's bringing it down to the heart of what he's talking about. And he's saying, if, if you can trust God in the now that you're in right now, can you not trust him in the next now? Can you not trust him with the doctor's visit you got next week? Can you not trust him with the uncomfortable conversation you know you need to have? Can you not trust him with the next now? And I think that that's the core of our spiritual life. And, you know, Jesus, nobody wanted to hear that. Like, that was really foreign to a lot of people. Jesus is telling them to look at the birds and look at the flowers. But he was trying to show them something universal, that there's a God that loves and cares for you and that he's in your tomorrow and he's in your next week and he's in your next month and he's going to make sure when you face tomorrow and you face your next week that everything you need that you, ha you have. Is this good? Because I'm finding that worry is really robbing people. And worry is really stealing joy and, and it's stealing strength and it's stealing sleep and, and peace from a, a lot of people. And because it's easy right now to get worried. I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard to, to live in a, a sheltered life. It's really hard to live and find sanctuary, right? That's what church should be. It's amazing how they, they called it sanctuary. It's kind of one of the original terms, that it's a place where we can come in from what's going on outside and find sanctuary, find peace. Jesus is telling us to look at the birds. He's telling us to look at the flowers. He's saying, what can we do by, by worrying in today to add one more moment to tomorrow? Now, what he's not saying is don't plan today. I don't think that's what he's saying. I think what, what he's not saying is, is like just, okay, sirrah, sirrah, what will be, will be. Doesn't really matter my decisions. Uh, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. It's not fatalism. It's not, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to 
grab a surfboard and a latte and see y'all like, you know, whenever the Lord comes and gets me, you know, that's that. See you, see you later. Right. I don't, I don't, you know, you can get to an extreme with it. I've heard it said like this. It's, it's a, it's kind of a, it's a two-sided coin that we, we work and we, we plan and we pray. We work like it depends on us and we pray like it depends on God. I think that's the key. I think that's the key. It's, it's coming back to giving it our best in the day, living in these day-tight compartments, knowing that every day, you know, really, Frederick Beekner said it like this, every day is the first and last day of your life. Living in these day-tight compartments that every single day, is, it, it'll never exist again. You'll never be the person you are sitting in this room right now. This day might as well be the first and last day of your life. And so it's, it's trying our very best to stay in the now and not get concerned about tomorrow and next week and next year because I think that's where most anxiety and worry lives. It's staying in the now. And so that word, I, I want to give this to you very briefly and then we're going we're gonna to pray together. In Philippians, that word anxiety, worry, marinate is used again. And, and I've, I've always gone to this verse, especially when I'm in times of my life where I'm really worrying a lot, which seems to be quite a bit. But Philippians 4, verse 6, I, I want you to see this. Don't worry about anything, right? Don't fret, don't stress, don't get pulled in a hundred different directions. But instead, he gives a little, he gives kind of an answer here. Pray about it. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean we, we need to, like, for some people, they, they, they do pray the rosary. But for some people, this is letting God know how you feel about what's going on in your life, driving to work in the morning, because that's the only hour you have by yourself. Or it could be in the break room. Or it could be in the conference room. Or it could be just that short little prayer that you pray before you go in and, and, and to that next meeting. This doesn't mean that you've got to, you know, carve out 15 hours a week so that you can pray about everything. But, but, but it's, it's making it a habit because I'm finding that it's hard to, to pray and worry at the same time. It's real hard. <laughs> I can worry with the best of them, okay? Like, like I, gotta, I, gotta, I mean, I can do that. But it's really hard to bring those things to God and worry about them at the same time. He says, he says instead of worrying, I mean, it's like when you feel it hit. When you feel it rise up inside of you, when you start feeling the anxiety, the anxiousness, he says, you know what? Acknowledge it's there and take it to God. And he gives two things. He says, I want you to do two things. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then thank him for what he has done. I know that is so simple, but to me, that's the sermon in the sentence right there. I don't know how much I do that as a pastor. I don't know, I, I, you know, I'll never forget one time a, an evangelist came through. I was, I'd been a Christian about a year, and he preached on restoration. And he says, I want you to write down somewhere in your Bible. And I, if, you, if you text and got the notes, I put you a little place in there where you can write something down. I want you to, he says, I want you to write down three things that you want God to do for you this year. And it sounds silly. It did. 
And then for me, when I was like 18 years old, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to go to college. I wanted to have a good job and I wanted to find, I wanted to find my wife, you know, a future wife. And it happened pretty crazy, right? Now, does that happen every time? No. But it, what it did is it gave me something to look at and to pray about and to believe God for. Especially when there was, a, I was getting pulled in a million different directions, right? And so I want us to do that. That's how I want us to close. I want you just to think right now. It's kind of the wooden barrel question. What one thing, if it got better in your life, would make the biggest difference? For these disciples, it was food and shelter. They were, they were afraid about their future. They didn't know if they were going to have enough to eat, right? And think about these guys, they left everything. They left their jobs. They left their careers. They left their families. So they're in this crowd but sometimes there's just a relief that comes when we can put it in writing. It gives us something to focus on. It gives, us, it gives our, our faith something to believe for. And then he says, I want you to thank God for what he's already done. I'm giving you a little bit of homework. I know that. But he says, when you write down what you're believing God for, and there's no wrong answers, Right? I'm, I'm believing God. I mean, and I, again, these are important things. I want to get into that school. I really want to start that career. I really want to, I want to heal from some things in my life. Or, or I, I, I do struggle with anxiety, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I, I really want that to just, I want to tamp it down somehow. If you could write that down, but don't focus on that. This is where I want you to focus on the next list, which is I want you to write down what God has done for you up to this point. What has God done for you? I know he said, Mr. Rogers would say it like this. Let's take about a minute. And I want you to thank God for all the people that got you here. If, if you say God's never done anything for me, well, somebody brought you into the world. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, and somebody, you know, probably dragged you to school. And somebody, some coach probably told you that you could hit a ball well or throw, you know. Like there's got to be somewhere in your life, some things in your life that you know that that was, that was God orchestrating that. Right those down because it reminds us it reminds us that if God was faithful then he'll be faithful now and if God provided then he'll provide now and there's peace that comes when we're able to do that so, so I want you to I want you to bow your head I'm gonna have the band come back up because I want to just spend a moment right here Just close your eyes. I'm going to read our verses again. Jesus says, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, your body, what you're going to wear. Is not life more important than food, the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't even store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add one single hour to his life? God, we thank you for your presence, 
We thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, we devote our lives to you. And he said, when we do that, when we devote our lives to you, that you've, you've given us a promise. You're going to walk hand in hand with us in this life. And we may not get everything we want, and we may not get everything that we pray for, and we may not get everything that we think we need. But we can trust you with our life. And we can trust you in any now that we face. And any now that we'll face in the future. When we depend on you. David said, some trust in chariots and horses, some trust in their own strength, but I will trust in the Lord. I'll lift my eyes to the hills. That's where my help comes from. And I want you just, as you pray with your eyes closed, just look up because that's, that's where your help comes from. You got a heavenly father that knows exactly what you're facing in this now. He knows exactly what you need. He knows what you've been worried about. So God, we just thank you for this promise. We thank you that you can be trusted. You can be trusted with our life. You can be trusted with the lives of the people that we love. It's such an amazing promise. And so, Lord, in this moment, I just remind your children that you love them. You love them more than the birds of the air. You love them more. You made them in your image. God, remind us in this moment that we are not alone one day or one minute in this life. That there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother that's by our side, that is with us. And remind us, Lord, that every person matters. If you care about one bird, one sparrow, God, we just thank you. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen.